I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on the Pop Smoke Tragedy. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both Hot 97 and Fox 5, free of charge, on my website, lisaevers.com. You can find our Street Soldiers podcast free on SoundCloud and iTunes. And our TV show is now streaming on the new Fox Soul platform that's also free. We're about making it free for everybody. In this episode, we're talking about the pop smoke tragedy and rappers gone too soon. Overnight success in the music industry for an artist under 21 can bring with it a whole host of new challenges, and not just on stage or in the studio. It can be too much too soon without proper experience management, and it can also be dangerous breaking ties to the streets that were necessary for the artist's earlier survival. The loss of an artist is even more tragic when they're on the verge of a huge new level of success like we saw with Pop Smoke. As we extend our condolences to his family and friends, we're looking at his music and the message that we can learn from his life. Joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers is Danny Sue. He's the CEO of AMG and RGF Music. He was formerly Fetty Wap's manager. Danny, great to have you with us. Yeah, great to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also joining us is DJ Drewski. He's a Hot 97 DJ and personality. He's a music producer. His latest record is called Mary Jane. It features Pop Smoke and Lil TJ. Drewski, great to have you with us again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Chuck Creekmer. He's the CEO of AllHipHop.com and a hip-hop commentator. Chuck, great to have you back with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Drewski, you work with Pop Smoke. Right. And did the record with him. Give us a sense of where he was with his career right now. Um, before even working on the record, um, I hit him up early, early on when we first got wind of this Welcome to the Party record. That was moving in Brooklyn super early. And I hit him up and I said, send me the record. We want to be the first ones to play it on the radio. We want to help push your career. He sent the record and uh, I play it on the radio that night and he missed it. So he hits me up, play it again, play it again. So right there, I seen his like enthusiasm and I seen that like, he was excited. He knew what he had. Um, and then we just started building a relationship from that. He knew like, okay, I see this you know, DJ Drewski's here to support me. We just started building a bond. Um, and I respected him a lot because there's a new sound that everyone's talking about, this Brooklyn drill, right? It's called Brooklyn drill. And, and he started, like, spearheading that and kind of owned it, which opened the doors for other artists. So even at his first interview when he came up to High 97 and he interviewed with T.T. Torres and Bobby Trans and he interviewed with myself, he brought these other artists along, Fabio Foreign and Mr. Swipey, and Ether to Connect, and these were his guys. And he was not only worried about himself, but opening a door for these for, other for artists. For the other guys, and the right. other guys from there. And we're, we're going to talk about that more, right. a little bit more. Chuck, when you, when you look at him, that, that song, Welcome to the Party, mm -hmm. was the song of the summer. Mm -hmm. And it just blew up like that. When you, you see where he was at his, with his career at the time that, that he, his life was taken, what, what can you tell us about where he was with his career? I mean, he was on level 10. You know, he had he had Brooklyn on lock, and he had a movement that was really, 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 I mean, it, it was phenomenal. You know, and when you talk about Brooklyn Drill, you know, that's a whole different genre almost right. uh, in terms of um, New York hip-hop. So to have someone pioneer that and actually create a new sound or help create a new sound mm -hmm. or be one of the pioneers of that sound, I mean, it was crazy. And all my young, you know, young... Lions, I was going to say right, wolves, right. but lions, you know what I mean, <laughs> were um, very in tune 
yeah. with, with that with that whole sound. Danny, what was your reaction when you heard about the fact that he was he was killed? I was like, it was not another one, another young black individual from the inner cities from where we come from. You know, we classified as the hood. I was just upset. It touched me kind of different for him to be somewhere and not have, I'm not saying he didn't have the right people around him, but those are the type of things that you need to teach these young artists that's coming up nowadays. When you heard it was, we're going to talk about Los Angeles and being out of town, to Wachowski, give me a sense of like the music movement, because the producer, and correct me if I'm wrong, the producer on Welcome to the Party was British, and that whole, there's that whole London connection right. with Drill too. So was this, was, was he really spearheading this whole new movement for New York, which is probably the right. newest thing in a long time? Yeah, well, a lot of the young artists coming out of Brooklyn were making that type of music. And, of course, it was influenced by the London and the U.K. and that drill music. Then you had Chicago drill. But for New York, it was a new sound. Like, the, the kids, I would DJ parties in New York, and the young kids would go crazy to this sound. You know, shout out to Axel Beats, who produced a lot of these records. But he owned that sound. You know, he, he was the leader right now of that sound. And, you know, if you went out of town, they would, they would bring his name up first. You got records like Pop Smoke or Pop Smoke, and, and then everyone started knowing Pop Smoke as, you know, the, the leader of this Brooklyn drill music. Of this movement. So, yeah. But, you know, there's others doing it, but he was just owning it. Mm -hmm. And he was taking other artists from, you know, other genres and just other sounds and putting them on his records. So you hear Travis Scott on... Uh, Pop Smoke record, you know, not Pop Smoke on a Travis Scott record. Right, which was a big thing for somebody at his state. At, right. At his stage in his career. Chuck, in, ter in terms of how the media looked at him, too, because mm -hmm. in this became, you know, a, ma a major news story as well nationally because mm -hmm. of how it happened, who it happened to, where it happened in the Hollywood Hills. The, as, a mus as an artist, he was a very serious artist. Is that mm -hmm. being lost in some of the coverage? I think so because he was still on the rise. He was still on the, you know, you know. There's a lot of people that didn't even know who Pop Smoke was until right. he passed. Very similar to Nipsey in that regard. Right. You know what I mean? So, I think that um, there have been so many young rappers dying. Um, some of you know some that we know of and some that we didn't even know of. And I think he was one that kind of was in the middle. Depends on who you were, where, how tuned in you were. So I think that the unfortunate fact is that a lot of his legacy up until that point, up until this point, may have gotten lost. And I think the positive side is I think a lot of people will actually go back and listen to him. And I think we've seen that already. Mm -hmm. I don't know the percentage of increasing streams and listens, but it, it No, I'm sure it's, it's huge. Jumped. It's like yeah, what we saw. It, it I've seen like uh, records like Dior at 36 million streams right. today. Wow. Yeah. Right. So it's jumped a lot. It's, it's jumped a lot. Danny, when, it, when an artist, because you were managing Fetty during that breakthrough year that he had, I think it was like five platinum singles in one mm -hmm. year. He was yeah. dominating the Billboard Top 10. And he was in his early tw like early 20s or late teens. What what does that do to an artist's life just in terms of the demands on them, the attention that gets to them when you have a song? Unfortunately, Pop Smoke hadn't gotten to that level yet, but the, right. when, when they have that kind of s sudden success. It flips his whole life around. They, um, they end up turning to be like somebody famous overnight. And when you become famous overnight, there's a lot that come with that. 
like a lot of more fans, people wanting things from you, people needing you here, wanting you to do drops there, telling you to do, oh, come to my daughter's show, well, come to my daughter party or my son party, or could you do this or could you do that? It's just overwhelming for a young person that's only like 22 years old. You know, they just started living life, actually. So it was a lot of a lot of stress on them. But then you figure it out after a while. You know what I mean? It's part of the game. But hard to but hard to navigate without like some real experienced, seasoned, grown men around. Yeah, you. exactly. It depends on your team. Like with Fetty Wap, the team was so strong that a lot of us knew exactly where we was going. Like when we go to Cali, I I used to live in Cali. You know, we go to Miami. I used to be in Miami. When we go to all these states, I frequent these states way before we popped off with Fetty Wap. So I had relationships over there in most of the states. So that made it a lot easier. To move around. Yes. And to and, and also to, to shield your artist from having to deal with any of this other kind of drama that might come with the sudden fame and with being in a, a, a city that's not your own city. Exactly. That was that was my whole game plan to shield the artist. We take all the hits as a manager. You know uh, what I mean? All right, we're going to talk about this. We're talking about uh, the tragedy of Pop Smoke, the loss of Pop Smoke, and these other young artists. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. We'll be right back. Oi, one phone call it take for make some boy wipe off a earth and drop down flat. Watch, you know, street soldiers, Lisa Evers. Oi, enough of them stairs, so, oi, enough of them stairs, so, hot 97. Busy. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the pop smoke tragedy, young artists gone too soon. Joining me for this conversation is Danny Sue. He's the CEO of AMG and RGF Music. He was formerly Fetty Wap's manager. Danny, great to have you with us. Great to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is DJ Drewski, Hot 97 DJ and personality. You hear him on Hot 97 six days a week. He's also a music producer. His latest record is Mary Jane, featuring Pop Smoke and little TJ. Drewski, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Chuck Creekmer. He's the CEO of AllHipHop.com and a hip-hop commentator. Drewski, one of the things, because you work with Pop and right. Pop Smoke and you work with him on the record, and also you had a, had a show that was planned uh, this, with him. Yeah, so, you know, Danny spoke on having a strong team around you, and he was under Victor Victor, which is his label and management, was Steven Victor, who worked with Kanye West, Pusha T. He ran good music for a while. So at that point, I knew his team and shout out to Rico Beats. They were mature, they, they experienced, they, they knew how to move artists around. So he definitely had a strong team behind him, a supportive team, people that cared about him. I've watched it, I've been in the studio and they were there with him from you know the time he got out the car to the time we got in the studio and they kept a, a good eye on him. So I just wanted to make that clear, like his team, you know, the, the immediate team was definitely, you know, all for him. You know, and, and really watch him. But but the, the fact the fact is, Danny, it's like you can't be with an artist right. 24-7. This happened at 4.30, about 4.30 in the morning after there was, a, a, a according to the reports, a party, you know, a party that had house ended party. a couple, house party ended a couple of, couple of hours before. So mm -hmm. you can't be as management with the artist 24-7. Right. Those are the nights you stay you stay up for 24 hours a day, <laughs> two days, three days. That's what uh, the rock and roll or the hip-hop lifestyle is all about. Like sometimes if you had to get some rest, you, you got to jump up when you hear a house party. Right. And you got to get over there. If you're not getting there, 
then things, <clears throat> you know, certain things can happen. Not saying it always will happen, but you just got to be on go 24-7. Because that's, that's that zone where anything can, you know, somebody can bring somebody, somebody can call somebody. Chuck, what did you want to say? And no, guys, I was going to just in. say that I've never managed an artist for, for that very reason. I'm not very good at babysitting, so to speak, if right, you will. Right. Artists, but um, I, I would imagine, and you can speak to this, that it's extremely difficult. So, for example, in this case, they, you know, put the address on social media mm -hmm. where they were staying. And that just seems like you're, there's things that you're not going to see. You have a million followers who are seeing every move you make, every breath you take, literally. Right. Well, that's the thing. I, what I do, I study their social media. That's how I know what's going on most uh -huh. of the time. <laughs> they put it on social media, and boom, I'm woke. But like, the irony, you know. the irony of it too, it wasn't like they were like, "Oh, we're having a house party, and here's the address in the in the the description." It was a gift bag right. that he was mm -hmm. given because he had made made it into the Billboard Top Ten with the right, right. mixtape, right? But there were pictures as well too. You know. Yeah, but outside of the social media, in LA. It, it's known for home invasions. It's known I'm for so, women right. that set these artists and ball players up. Mm -hmm. It's known for Thanks. that. So sometimes you don't even need social media, and you're still getting set well, up. French Montana, right. Montana, Chris Brown. There've been a lot of mm -hmm. and a just people that are invasion. not famous artists, right. That have had their homes broken into in that area. Especially when you're doing house parties. He he knows. He lived there. We've been to parties in L.A. I've DJ parties in L.A. The word spreads. Fast. The clubs close early, so that after the club, everyone's oh, going to house, house parties. Because yeah. mm -hmm. people right? have houses. Yep. So everyone's on social media texting, here's the address, especially when it's an artist that's on the rise, that's hot, and he's in town. And, you know, so you got to be very careful who has that information, who you invite to these parties, and who they know. Because a lot of times it could be a setup in a sense, you know. And and you, you just don't know. Right. And and, he, and even the people could be cool, but then they're they're telling, like you said, they're telling right. other people. Someone gets wind. Right. Oh, out of towners in town. He's on social media showing all this money, showing all this jewelry. Right. You know, coming out in and out of the range. We can Rover. outnumber them. Mm -hmm. This is our city. So it's you know, and a lot of times these females are involved in that. Maybe he's on DM flirting with a chick. Not saying that's what happened, but it happens. Right. Where you think you, you know, hanging out with a chick, and then a few hours later... She's really working like with, a, with a team or right. with a couple other guys mm -hmm. to try to set the person up, right. which we've seen. Chuck, in, in terms of when people heard Los Angeles, mm -hmm. that, ki that kind of hit a, hit a sour note with a lot of people, especially mm -hmm. from New York, going, what yeah. is it? Why can't a New York artist, even though it was many, many years ago... Mm -hmm. The last mm -hmm. century, they still yeah. th still think about what happened with Biggie. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm wearing this chain right now, Biggie chain, because that immediately came to my mind. And, I mean, I think that's in our, our DNA, our, like, generational DNA that this has happened before. It's obvious, obviously not the same thing, but it, it just brings back thoughts of, you know, Biggie going there, perhaps being set up. And, you know, you just wonder how safe can an artist from this side of things be on the west coast it's just what you innately would think even though things are much different now far more peaceful there's so, far much more love between the coasts uh but the streets are the streets and, and a, a lot more tra and a lot more travel mm -hmm. i mean nipsey had spent a lot of time here in yeah in uh in, in brooklyn definitely, definitely with a lot of people too but right. but danny when, when you heard la because la like new york we're used to the the whole new york area we're used to people coming from all over the world here. So it's not a thing of like you're coming here unless you're coming right onto their specific block, you know, or their corner or whatever. But LA seems to be different. 
Yeah, it is. It's, a, it's more of a relaxed type of lifestyle in L.A., but at the same time, it turns up quick. So you could be fooled by the relaxed oh, lifestyle. Oh, yes, you definitely <laughs> could be fooled, fooled by the relaxed because <laughs> it's very relaxed because it, it's, it's, the weather is great. You know what I mean? A lot of people out there are great. It just goes back to who you know and how you know them. And what about because when, when Biggie passed, mm -hmm. you know, when Biggie passed, there was a lot of talk about how, how Puff and they had the whole crew, they'd been out there, they were partying, they were throwing a lot of money around, mm -hmm. there was no social media in those days, but that they were making a big impact and that that might have spurred jealousy from people or that they didn't really, you know, they weren't moving with the right security team there or they didn't know, you know, that they hadn't really kind of paid homage, if you want to call it, or checked in with whoever <laughs> they had to there. Is that a part of L.A.? Not, not really, because L.A., they're going to throw money in L.A. anyway. L.A. is L.A. Right. L.A. get money like New York and any other city get money. So they have L.A. people that come to the strip clubs and splash, splurge, and do things like that. The jealousy, I wouldn't say it's jealousy. I'll just say it's like... It's just respect, learning who's who and what's what and how to move. And you, you got know. hungry people. Yeah, you right? got hungry. You know, and you when you in L.A., you in, you in the hood sometimes. Or the hood come out to the parties. So you have wolves in the parties also that's looking for the come up. But that's right. the same thing in New York. It's not just an L.A. thing. I think um, the dynamics are a little bit different in, in, in L.A. in that just the ge geography of it all is, right, is right. very more segregated, very, much more mm -hmm. segregated. Very different. And LA is also known to have a big gang population. So when you're affiliated with a certain gang or a certain crew or a certain group, you got to consider that too. Because even there's the same gangs that are beefing with each other. You can be, you know, in a crip set, but different sets, you know, or and they have with each other. Yeah, so you got to take that into consideration too. Like, could have been that angle. Because, mm -hmm. you know, out here in New York, you could be repping one set, and in L.A. might be a whole different set. And then that, you know, you got to take that. And you might think that you're affiliated, right. that you're cool because you're, And you they're know, like, nah, we're the, we're the real same ones. Affiliation, nah, but we're, we're the, the real ones. And, and we're the real ones. We're going right. to continue talking about that. Wow. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yo, what up? This is Clarity, and you're listening to Street Soldiers with the one and only Lisa Evers on Hot 97. You dig. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the Pop Smoke tragedy, young artists gone too soon. Joining me for this conversation is Danny Sue. He's the CEO of AMG and RGF Music. He was formerly Fetty Wap's manager. Danny, great to have you with us. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is DJ Drewski. He's a Hot 97 DJ and personality. You hear him on Hot 97 six days a week. He's also a music producer. His latest record is Mary Jane featuring Pop Smoke and Lil TJ. Drewski, mm -hmm. great to have you with it's us. It's good to be here. Thank you so much. Also with us is Chuck Creekmer. He's the CEO of AllHipHop.com and a hip-hop commentator. Chuck, great to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Thank I you so much. <laughs> Chuck, the um, the gang issue. Mm -hmm. Pop Smoke was known to be a crip, mm -hmm. to have that affiliation. It mm -hmm. seems like a lot of artists now have gang affiliations. Yeah. What's your take on that? Well, my take is it seems like a requirement to be relevant in the game right now. Um, from a street perspective, I don't I don't speak on that too much because I don't live that life and never have. But in terms of the music, I will say this: in terms of the music, it just seems like that's a requirement that you have to have an affiliation. So if you look at say a Takashi Six Nine, which is like the most extreme and negative case, that we all knew that he was not a part of that. He was not about that life. Right. You know, we we knew in our space he was a troll from the very beginning. 
again, the negative, the most extreme and negative side. But it just seems like the big homies, if you will, who are probably younger, you know, pretty young guys even, recruit these guys in a lot of instances and, and put them out there. And so I'm you're not saying, sure. So are you saying, you're saying you think that the gangs, when they see an artist, even if he's not affiliated or not really seriously tied to the streets, they see an artist start to bubble up or mm -hmm. start to, you know, get get attention and make some traction, that they approach that artist and then go like, listen, you need us and, you that's know, my you're opinion. with us. That's my opinion. And I don't know that to be fact, but that's my opinion because, um, again, it just seems like certain moves don't get made when you come from that life. Um, and again, I'm not speaking directly uh, about Pop Smoke because I didn't know him, but just to say that um, we have to guide these guys a little bit different. Um, it's my understanding that, say, back in the day, you know, these guys looked at the young rappers as a way out the hood for themselves as well as right. the artists. So you protected that accordingly. It just doesn't seem like that type of protection is around anymore. Yeah, well, right. Danny, what about that? What are you saying? Nah, everybody's for themselves right now. You know, years ago when people was introduced to being in a gang, it was to protect the neighborhood and to protect your rights from the violent activity that was going on with probably the police department. Right. Or, or everything else back then, you know, it was, it was social injustice that was being that was happening back then. So we, you know, people grouped together to protect themselves. Now it's just it's just like snakes in a barrel, and it's just like who got the next rat ball. Drew, Drewski, what what about what's your take on the gangs in hip hop? Because right. Pop Smoke, we we and we also know that's you know it's very heavily Crip in his part of the right, right. his his where he was from in Brooklyn and Canarsie. For some artists and and you know. They might have been doing that before the music, right? Right. In some cases, the artist is already a part of that organization. Some people are born into before it. Before the music. Right. Now, when they get a platform and they get a light, they just feel a little obligated to glorify it, in a sense, because I was already doing that. Now I'm in a position to kind of rep it. You know, as, as a DJ, when I get on a set in a club, I'm going to still shout out Hot 97 because I'm just repping my brand, repping my, you know. So... A lot of times the artist can be doing that before the music and it just comes along with it. And I think when you're young and you're, and you're getting your wave and it's early, you just want to represent everything you have going on. And, you know, sometimes that comes with it. Um, and, you know, it's unfortunate, but even within your own city, there could be same gangs going at it. Right. Or, you know, and it's just like it's you mean the sets of the sets of the same sets of the same right. gang. same gang different sets right mm -hmm. and they want to be the the better set or whatever however you put it but you know but th this could be happening before the music right it's a lot of cases the artists are doing this before the music it's just part then, of the lifestyle then, but then what what people don't understand what people don't understand the question I always get asked right. is then why when they become successful like with the, with the Nipsey for example is much further along in his career is thirty three years old. You know, may he rest in peace. But the um, why, when they get successful, don't they say, "Okay, well, that's what I was doing when I was 19 or 20"? Yeah, but we're we're taught to be loyal. Like right. yeah. the whole thing is to be loyal. So whatever you bring into it, you right. got to be loyal to that. You don't want to switch up. Once you switch up, people start looking at you funny or talking about you right. funny. Yeah. So you, you were taught, you know, we we loyal. We got to stand together no matter what. Right. And you can't and, turn your back on right. your family. Right. You know, right. that's your family that was there with you before the fame. But I think my my view is, you know, again, this 
I'm not part of that, but I, I would just like to see the narrative change a little bit. Not that you have to denounce anything or put anyone down, but bring people into another level. He was 20, so that's right, that's not baby. Like. Yeah, no, no question, no question. But I would like to see that narrative change from the older gods or whatever you want to call them to to guide these young men and women into adulthood. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I, I talk to Ice T a lot. And Ice T, as you all know, is, you know, the original gangster. And right. he, he's lived 60 plus years. Yeah. I always talk to him because he always imparts wisdom. So he gave me knowledge about Tupac that I had never really even took into consideration. Tupac being in the Bay at one point mm -hmm. then coming to L.A. I mean, Crip, right. Blood. Then, you know what I'm saying? So right. there's a lot, right. of, lot of things that we can take listening to the older cats or... You know, even someone just 10 years older than you can give you some insight that you never even thought of being 20. Right. Yeah, but, but go I was going to say, like, someone like Pop Smoke being affiliated, I didn't feel like he used it in any bad way. It was just like, this is who I am yeah. before this the music. This is where I'm from. This is, what I'm, this is where I'm from. This is what I rap. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, I could tell early on to where he was, you know, now, like, he slowly kind of, you know, kept it a little more quieter. It wasn't but, about but it, that. It wasn't also, about gang stuff. It wasn't. But but also that's why I want to ask you because because at a certain point, like your career is taking off like that. Right. You've got a lot more. You've got a lot more songs to make. You've got right. more appearances. He was a, had a tour that was about to start, sold out in Washington right. D.C. the beginning of the beginning of March. Tell us, Drewski, about his and and the gang thing too. I understand because we did a uh, with the Bloods and the Crips. There was a unity. Thanksgiving uh, turkey giveaway and holiday, you know, giveaway, and they were like, "We're reformed gang members. We will always be gang members, right. and we will always rock the colors because that's who we are, and we're repping for our hood and where we came from." And that's what they, that's what they said to me. But in terms of Pop Smoke, tell mm -hmm. us in terms of you, you made the record with him, with mm -hmm. Little TJ. You had the, you know, you have the, the show that was supposed to happen with him right. and PNB Rock. What was his work ethic like? What was his work ethic like as an artist? From what you've seen, because you've seen a lot of them. Right. Well, he spoke on it earlier. Things start coming fast. You catch a hit record, things start moving fast. He was right on pace with everything. He was in the studio almost every night. He was booking shows. Now he was making sure he was getting features with everyone, working with different artists, bringing artists into his world. Um, on the release day of Meet the Woo 2, there was a like an album release party. Which is um, the mixtape, right? The mixtape, Meet the Woo 2. That's, the That's most now in recent. the Billboard Top 10. Right, so yeah. they had a mixtape release party in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and we were there, a lot of people from Hot 97. Right after the mixtape release party, he didn't go to the club, he didn't go celebrate. We went straight to the studio, mm -hmm. straight from the release party to the studio. And he was in there, and he's telling me, yo, Drewski, I haven't even dropped a real album yet. I want to play you some stuff that I think I'm going to put on my album. And he's playing these records. And he tells me, I got a whole R&B album put together. Wow. Like singing. Mm, he's playing deep. me R&B records. Yes. Mm, so deep. I'm like, bro, you've been moving around, traveling at the same time recording. He's like, yo, I'm not stopping. I'm, mm. you know, I got my foot on their neck. And he was just excited. His energy was great. He, at 20 years old, when people go, he died at 20 years old, everyone's confused because they thought he was older. He was very mature. You know, and, and he was rarely focused. His team was focused. And as an artist, they were doing everything right. Everything he was supposed to be doing, he was doing. And, you know, it's just and unfortunate. Then this, and then this happened, right. which could have just been a crazy, 
you know, right. it, we, we and we don't know the investigation. The investigation mm -hmm. is, is still going on, and we and of course I'll report it when when we get confirmed information, not rumors. Um, but it, you know, the whole point was about the music, and I think it's really great to hear you know that he was that dedicated, dedicated, and that and that really, really, you know, put himself into it like right. that. You know, that's that's you know, that's the one thing that that bothers me, right? You know, I didn't know Pop Smoke, but. It, it it wasn't just another person dead to me. It it was it bothered it bothered me every day after hearing of his passing. And then, you know, I have a good friend who um, is friends with his mom because she's in the ministry, and so is Pop Smoke's mom. Right. Okay. And she she's been telling me all about him, yeah. all about his mom, his really his life. Right. And then I'm and then I'm like, this dude, he he dies in this way. And and you telling me how hard he was working and his commitment level to the mm -hmm. art, and it's it's just it's beyond tragic, really, when you Sad. think about it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Sad. And then just and then also being part of that movement and then wanting to take the other, you know, wanting to take the other other people with him and bring them right. up and mm -hmm. really kind of the leader of that the the drill mm -hmm. uh, New York drill movement. A, a lot of artists and rappers they have this ego. He really didn't have an ego. He was willing to work with everyone like you know from in the city from little tj to and it, at first he wasn't even rapping like his whole when he started rapping came from a friend of his who was already a rapper shout out to jay guapo young kid from brooklyn fell asleep in the studio while mm -hmm. jay guapo was sleeping pop smoke said yo i'm gonna jump on the mic <laughs> Which, and he was just, that's and, the phrase don't right, sleep on right. it <laughs> and boom and the rest was is that true that's, that's true. crazy wow. yeah, that's true so he's in the studio because of his friend not right. because he wanted to make a record Right, he wasn't rapping at the time. He was just getting money, whatever he was doing. His rapper friend, Jay Guapo, falls asleep, and he gets on the mic and says, you know, I'm going to do this. Three songs later, four songs, welcome to the party, and bam. And that mm, was it, right. and, and all these things. We're talking about the Pop Smoke tragedy. We'll be back right after this. Hey, yo, 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 what up, what up? It's the infamous Mob Deep prodigy right here, you know what I mean? And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, you know what I mean? and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the Pop Smoke tragedy. Joining me for this conversation is Danny Sue. He's the CEO of AMG and RGF Music. He was Fetty Wap's manager. Danny, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is DJ Drewski. He's a Hot 97 DJ and personality. You hear him on Hot 97 six days a week. He's also a music producer. His latest record is called Mary Jane, featuring Pop Smoke and Lil TJ. Drewski, great to have you with us. Of course. Thank you so much. Also with us is Chuck Kriegmer. He's a CEO of allhiphop.com and a hip-hop commentator. Chuck, great to have you with us. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Chuck, in terms of the what Pop Smoke's death is going to mean for this music scene and this music movement that he was basically the leader of mm -hmm. here in New York, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think we're going to push forward. I really do. I think that we're going to use this as a, a, a teachable moment, if you will. We're going to learn from our mistakes as a community because he didn't die by himself, if you will. I think we're going to all learn from that. And I think that it's 2020. You know, we're, we're in a different headspace than we used to be. And I think we're going to learn from this and we're going to move forward. And I'm, it's my hope that the people that had beef with him, and I think we've already seen this happen, the people that may have had beef with Pop Smoke or maybe putting that to the side. And, and, I, and, and I think that New York is in a great space from a hip-hop perspective. 
and we have to keep that momentum going and, and focus on the music. Drewski, what about the what impact? Because you're in the clubs, you're in the right, studio right. with these artists. Your your whole thing is about you know the the movement at two. Of course, they're new at two, and you you know the, you know what the newest artists are coming up, right. and, and really that people are responding to kind of like on a gut level, like like Pop Smoke. What do you think this is going to do to the to those artists and to what's the New York scene? Yeah, I think just the young artists, like he said, could learn from this. Tighten, you know, tighten everything up. The way you move, your relationships, the people you have around you. Um, and also, if you want to really turn this into a career, outside of just your team, you know, when, you, when you're booking shows and booking nightclubs, the owners in the city and the police, they will block you from certain opportunities if they feel you're bringing any type of bad energy, right? It's been happening. It happened to Pop Smoke right here in New York. A lot of times he was turned down. He couldn't book a club, couldn't book an event because of just the energy that was surrounded by him, and he started learning that. Um, but learn from that. Like, when you get on, when you get those opportunities, don't ruin it. You know what I'm saying? Like, t take everything professionally and, and just do it right and, and learn from, like, you know, he, he wanted young artists to learn from what he was doing. Even being a young artist, he was preaching and talking about it in interviews. Mm -hmm. Yo, I want artists to learn from me. So he still left something with us, you know, besides a legacy. He left, you know, certain things that another artist doesn't have to experience. Just move the right way, tighten up, and stop all the beefing with each other within the city, you know, with other artists, with other gang stuff. Like, there's no time for that. Like, right. focus on your career, focus on your money, focus on the music, and just continue to push one another to, to grow. I hope that a lot of these young artists really get in tune with that. And, and take that. Dan Danny, what about that? Because it's also, it's also, too, a question of, you know, you don't want to bring drama because that's bad for business. Is, it, is there, like, a tipping point where you go from, okay, this, what worked on the streets is not going to work now that we're dealing with corporations and businesses and labels and producers and venues that have... Insurance, you know, insurance issues and all kinds of stuff like that. Exactly. Like with this situation we take from it, hip hop is going to move forward. But at the same time, I tell all the young artists, do your homework. Uh -huh. You know, do some research, figure out what you want to what you want to do and where you want to be in life. Mm -hmm. Because them avenues make a left turn real quick. Before you know it, you out of it. You know what I mean? So I tell them to just stay focused. And if you get a big break sit down, think about it, do something about it, you know, do what you would want to do in that dream you had when you wasn't on, make a change, you know, look for something that's going to be more positive than negative, mm -hmm. not saying that the hip-hop artists are negative or none of that, we talking about the state of hip-hop now, because our young ones is dying through this, right. so we got to check ourselves, listen to someone that's older than you, Someone that's that, right, still yeah, alive. Someone exactly that been there, that been through all of it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you could find better places like that. You know, instead of vacationing here, you go here. Like when I vacation, I ask somebody that been to places, so I won't have to go there and say, "Well, I, I hated this place." More than likely, I get a reference or something. So, I young people out here, you just need to just do your homework, pay attention. Teach yourself something. Sit back, take an hour out your day and say, why am I here? What do I want to do? And I know a lot of them do have kids. So now your kids is, you know, they lost the father. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's so, what I would like say, the, man. Yeah. You know, we talk about business, the industry, and hip-hop even. The family effect. Think about his mom. Yeah. Right. You know, his yeah, family. Right. Yeah. You know, his loved ones. And we have to get this in people's minds, the kids, that you have a future self that exactly. you got to 
debt to almost. You know, do it for your and just, future And what self. does that say to the little kids in the neighborhood, too? Because they're like going, okay, this guy's not on the street now. He's, he's you know, become this famous artist. Mm-hmm. And then he gets killed from that, not from being on a corner. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? In Beverly Hills, not in Brooklyn. Right, not right. in Brooklyn, right. exactly. Right. It's, like, right. it's, but, it's but not traumatic. only that, you, when that happened, it felt, I felt like I knew him and never met him. Mm-hmm. Right. So when, when Nipsey happened, I felt like I knew him. Mm-hmm. You know, so we as people... We have a heart, and we do love our loved ones that's coming the same walk that we came from. Uh-huh. Right. You know, as as a culture, we know who we are. So when stuff like that go down, just like the other day in a, in our neighborhood in Patterson, things happen like that every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, it hurts you rather than, you know, you're, you're right. sad. You're, you're mm-hmm. wondering, like, well, what's going on? So sometimes I think we, you know, everybody should take accountability of what's going on out here. And, and no take matter, responsibility. No matter how many times it happens, like you said, every time it hurts the same. It hurts, yes. Yeah. And it hurts more. And we carry it. You know, we, we, we literally it. carry that. It's a burden. It's yeah. a trauma. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's like a societal a and cultural trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And then especially when that person looks like you, comes mm-hmm. from the community, that, a similar community, it's Absolutely. got hurt. It's got hurt even more Absolutely. for our, and for our young African American boys and mm-hmm. look, yeah. looking at that, going like, what message is that sending to them? Chuck, what about what, you know when you look at the whole overall landscape too? Though it's like it's a different game in terms of police surveillance of hip hop yeah. and yeah. the police enforcement surrounding hip hop, especially when they have that back door open of gang affiliation. Absolutely. I mean, you know, again, we don't have like the 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 communication that we used to have. Remember yeah. the hip-hop police? Yeah. Remember that was a thing right. and there was a docket. And we knew at our event, 50 Cent G-Unit, we knew that the hip-hop police were in the room. Right. Exactly. Right? We don't even think about that anymore. We just know they're there. Right. But we don't assume... We don't like almost don't even care. We just kind of move. We know they're there. The surveillance so, is everywhere. Yeah, the and surveillance everything's is, on social it's a hundred thousand times more, more, more. amplified. Yeah. So right. you so you should know now that the police are on social media more than they're in the streets because yeah. they see clues, they see tips, they everything. see right. intel all through the timeline. So people who are moving a certain way have to understand that the streets are monitored. Social media is monitored. Big there's time. a there's a file on you somewhere. If somewhere, you're a yeah. if you're in a gang, there's a file on you. If you're a prominent member of a organ of an organization, there's a file on you somewhere. Right. And and, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, spreading just knowing that makes you move different, and you have to move different, right. or else something is going to get you. Right. Like if you have yeah. people around you that have mm-hmm. illegal guns. Yeah. Sooner or later. It's you're going to catch a charge it's, too. Without it's a hundred percent guaranteed. Guaranteed. Right. No question. It's not something like that. Drewski, in terms in terms of the the music vibe, you know the music vibe in, in New York with artists too following Pop Smoke. Right. What's what have you been hearing since his his passing? Give us a sense of that. Like um, are people 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 seem really really hurt by oh, this. Oh yeah, people were hurt. You know, especially the young artists that looked up to him. And felt he created this wave, and and they were a part of that. They're hurt. There's been tribute records. Little TJ put out a tribute record. Um, Jay Guapo put out a tribute record. So these young artists are, are hurt, but I think it also inspired them to say, "Wow, this this guy lived out his dreams. He became a successful artist. He put on for the city, and it, it's inspiring a lot of artists. So you're hearing a lot of more Brooklyn drill music. A lot of more artists coming out of New York, um, and the light." is now on New York music. So I tell these artists, people are watching, you know what I'm saying? The, the industry people, the people out of town, they're watching to see 
who's next, what we're doing. So we have to stick together and just keep pushing and keep putting out music. And focus on the music and right. not mm-hmm. on the streets. Right. And, and as a DJ, I feel like it's, it's you know, be, having a relationship with Pop and just being a DJ in New York City, I'm obligated to keep his music alive. Right. Whether that's playing old music or f- finding new music that's never been out released and just keeping his music and his legacy alive. I feel like that's a little bit of our responsibility to continue to do that, even though he's passed, but the music will live on. No, absolutely. Right. Ab- absolutely. Danny, and, and what do you think in, in terms of his legacy when you hear about that work ethic that, that Drewski was talking mm-hmm. about and just his commitment to the music that he was really serious about it? I mean, his commitment showed, you know, because, like you said, he, he stayed in the studio after the party. Like when an artist is at a party and then go to the studio after the party, that commitment is there. So his legacy should be known for every young artist. You can't take a page out of his book, mm-hmm. the good parts. You know, he's a good, he's more than likely a good person. He has a mother. He had a father. Or he has a father. He had, he had relatives. You know, you take the page out of these people, out of artist's book that's going to be good for you the good things that they did, you know, because you don't want to leave his legacy behind because his music definitely impacted us. When that song came on, listen. Like an explosion. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you had females, like, play this song, play this song. One day one day I was at a, a housewarming, and, and, and the fee- this was a while ago, females said play this song, and I'm like, what song are they asking for? I thought it was, you know, somebody else, but uh, <laughs> it came on. <laughs> we know. Yeah. Was it was like, turn-up yeah. time. It was yeah, turn-up yeah. time. That it was, was it. It was a beautiful thing, you know? So I tell a young artist to, you know, take a page out of his book for his work ethic. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for being with us uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers, remembering Pop Smoke, talking about his life, his legacy, the tragedy, and the pressures on young artists and the lessons that we can learn from them. And also, as as Chuck pointed out, too, supporting these, supporting the kids and supporting mm-hmm. the kids that are really coming up and looking those 10, 11, 12 year olds yeah. that just getting getting hit hard by this. So I want to thank you, Danny Sue. Great to have you with us again. Thank you so much, DJ Drewski. Great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Chuck Kriegman, Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. And Thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace. She like the way that I dance. She like the way that I move. She like the way that I rock. She like the way that I woo. And she let it clap for it. She let it clap for it. And she throw it back for it. Yeah, she throw it back for it. Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When it rains, it pours. She like the way I heard. Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When he raised the balls, she liked the way I heard. When I walk in the spot, throw the on me, buy the club, know that I'm paid. I'm a, get me lit, I can't f with this. All in my page, sucking all in my comments and screaming my name while I'm in the club, throwing them hundreds and fifties and ones and ones. I smoke, 
Ain't no I'm wellin' if I'm on the island, I'm snatching his cell. Brody got locked, then I his bail until he free. I'm racing hell. Tell my shit, call me FaceTime. For all the times we had to FaceTime. Free be nice to do a state time. If you need the glizzy, you can take mine. Please don't pay to mine. You know I'm like that. I'll make a movie like TNT. Black 30, do me as you really want it. I bet I ever like DMB. In my section, and I keep that 38 for the weapon. Remember when I came home for correction? All the bad b- in my direction. She like the way that I dance. She like the way that I move. She like the way that I rock. She like the way that I woo. And she let it clap for it. She let it clap for it. And she throw it back for it. Yeah, she throw it back for it. Like a Mary, like a Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When it rains, it pulls. She like the way I heard. Like a Mary, my Mary. Billy Jean, Billy Jean. Uh, Christian Dior, Dior. I'm up in all the stores. When it rains, it pulls. She like the way I heard.